Welcome to Missing Figures, stories of power, perseverance, and possibilities. And today we're talking about the wonderful, exuberant performer, uh, blues pianist, singer, and drag king, um, Gladys Bentley. Yes. I am here with lovely Cynthia. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So, Gladys Bentley, uh, who lived from 1907 to 1960, um, feels like somebody who should be an iconic image for us of on the, along the lines of Josephine Baker, because she was one of the top performers during the Harlem Renaissance and uh, the Pansy era, which um, kind of coincided. It seems to be a, an era of free love and being um, that was in the heart of a lot of major cities around the world. Um, Harlem seems to be the only one that's named after uh, where it was. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, but where people were seems to seem to be able to um, be free to express themselves, ex- especially around gender and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it also coincided with Prohibition, where I guess everything went under underground after dark, literally. Yep. And she was she was the headliner. I don't know. Who would you compare her to from today? Gosh, Beyonce, people who brings everybody. I mean, I guess, but I don't, I don't even know like what would be like a compare. I'm trying to really think. I'm trying to think if there's someone that's like a queer musician too, but like a Tracy, not, I wouldn't even say like Tracy Chapman or something. That's older. No, I mean, it's, it's somebody who, yeah. Who is it? Like a Michelle DeGay Ocello, maybe. I don't know if you know, you're familiar with her. No, no. I would say she kind of, she's older too. I'm trying to think of someone, like maybe like a SZA or somebody like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. <laughs> or something. But I think she was, um, I'm, I mean, I knew about her. I don't think she gets, uh, uh, like you said, like she doesn't, she's definitely not on the same knowledge, like wavelength or level of knowledge like Josephine Baker. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of the, her presentation, you know, right, right. Because right. Josephine Baker could appeal to both men and women. Yeah. Uh, she was actually LGBTQ herself, um, which a lot of people don't know that. But she was very glamorous and did this all other type of thing, all this other type of stuff as well. So I think yeah. she was very much like a safe choice in yeah. a way. Yeah. And yeah. then Gladys Bentley is not; she's not feminine presenting. At all. Right, right. It was yeah, the opposite. I I will give Josephine Baker her props. I do think part of her story that that may may make it endure more is she was celebrated by the French for her. Oh yeah, yeah, her yeah. Work in the resistance. Yeah, yeah. She was a spy. <laughs> Wait, I'm not, yes. not downplaying that part. <laughs> yeah, and she yeah, did. Yeah. She she adopted a lot of children. I mean, I'm not going to downplay yeah, like yeah, her yeah, effort yeah, at all. No. But I'm just looking. If you're looking at just from like if you didn't know the anything about her, aspect. but yes, the performer absolutely. aspect, the entertainer aspect, I think that's probably why a lot of people were are more com- comfortable with her. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's like not unlike a lot of the subject um, that we have talked about in the past. Again, from a, it seems like from. A very young age, she, she was born to a mother who was a Trinidadian uh, immigrant, an American father in, in Philadelphia, and she was one of four kids. Uh, she It was her and her three brothers, 
But it seems like from a very young age, she understood who she was. And I, uh, the stories I read about her when she was younger, she, she would wear her brother's suits <laughs> to mm-hmm. school. She'd put them on. Um, and the thing her parents dealt with was that they, they understood, I think, that she um, was attracted to girls and wanted to be like her brothers. And they tried to, to stop it, basically. Uh, she was also quite tall and, and big for her age and mm-hmm. suffered bullying. And I guess that can go either way. Either it can make you try and defy it or it can make you go inside of yourself. And mm-hmm. she seemed to definitely take, uh, take <laughs> the, other, the opposite approach um, as soon as she could. Um, she left home at 16 and she was a gifted pianist, um, and already, uh, musical. And she, she headed off to where, I guess the word was out that you could yep. perform. So she went headed to Harlem. Yeah, she did. So, um, you have some descriptors that. Yes, I do have some descriptors, but I mean, I, I mean, I mean, mostly it's just stuff I probably have said on the show, but I like, I'm a very big, when it comes to Gladys and things that immediately made me think of her was that I'm a huge lover of music. Like, and I'm also starting to really get into like this era when it comes to music as well. Yeah. And really understanding a lot of what they were saying. Cause it wasn't yeah. necessarily, some of it is kind of in your face. There's actually another person that I want to put on the list, um, Sherry, that we should talk about because she was crass, but uh, <laughs> for the time and I'm like, I'm here for it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of things that, like a lot of the songs and things that people would say, it was a lot of it was very, um, it was nuanced or it was very like sub, it had a lot of subtext. Double entendre. The, yeah. the double entendres, the subtext <laughs> yeah. and stuff like, and you're like, oh, that's exactly what they're talking about. And it was yes. always interesting for me because, you know, they would perform to like a lot of white audiences and things like that. And so it's so interesting that like, I wonder how much of their, what they were saying was going over their audience's head. Like what were they taking in? Or they were in on it. (laughs) Or maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a combination. What I find interesting is, you know, often in the past, we just think about people being reserved, you know, that, that everything was suppressed. And I think outward, you know, there were enclaves of this where you could be um, yourself or, be raunchy or you know the whole thing she took popular tunes and turned them into she put uh, raunchy lyrics to them yeah um, and just gender swapped um in them yeah what were you gonna say no i was just gonna say but it's like well i mean we think of them as conservative but it's also like there's an element of us still being conservative now because it's like you know are we really that i mean things are certain things are different but there's a lot of that, especially when it comes to like sex and and um, I would say even with, when it comes to the trans movement, the past couple of years for that of just like being able like the trans community and yeah. how they've been looked at in society. Um, that's still something that you would think would be farther along now. And she was doing oh, this type of stuff, man. like you know, back in you know the 20s and the 30s and things like that. And so it's not, I feel like it's so weird when people say, oh, well, back in the past, they were so conservative, they were so this. And I'm like, well, what do you, what, 
what do you think we are now? Progressive? Yeah. Like, I don't you know? think it's, yeah, I don't think it's shifted that much, but I just think we always think of the line of progress, like, oh, now we can talk about Laverne Cox and we can talk about, um, you know, the cast of, of Pose and, and celebrate them to a certain extent. But <clears throat> back then you never would have been able to do this, but there were places where underground people were performing completely openly um she put on huge shows where she was the drag king she was front and center she performed uh her stage name was bobby minton and her background performers were men in drag and Mm -hmm. it was celebrated and i just think you know sometimes we don't our minds don't go back there we don't realize that basically i i always think of history as there's some progress and then there's a backlash. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we it feels like we don't get to understand that um, there were there was an opening in the past that got crushed. <laughs> if you know what I mean, um, we really should be further along. If if we had progressed normally uh, from from that moment, where how far along would we be in acceptance? So I have. Yeah, go ahead. But I want to ask you the question then, like what? It what like what is normal then? Like what is that? Like what you you were saying that you know we would have been farther along if you know certain things get in the way. But what do you think is like driving us to do the stop and start or like let's go forward and oh, back? It's always it's always the haves thinking that somebody's going to take something away from them, and it always seems to coincide with. Um, economic distress or something like that where you where the finger pointing comes in and this is kind of what happened mm-hmm. with Gladys the, the Great Depression mm-hmm. came along all of a sudden people are looking for people to blame it happens with immigrants oh we you don't have a job oh it's because immigrants are taking your mm-hmm. job you know it's not a job you ever ever wanted no nope. and, and this was about uh, I think with the Great Depression the backlash was, oh, we're, we're being punished for the sins of these people and, you know, going down a, it's, it's ridiculous as it's always been, but I think those moments always coincide with something like that. Uh, they, they became the scapegoats for yeah. other people's problems. I feel like that's just one of those common things that you look in history when you really take like a you zoom out of it. And you look at that, like these periods of just like, wow, you know, because I know when we did the episode on the pansy era, we were just like, man, they were getting it. They were living life, yeah. you know, as much as one could at that time. They were. Yes. You know? Yes. They were some true freedom. It, uh, sadly, though, in the dark, you know, in these places, they these were the places that got raided by the police uh, the most. Um but there were moments and, and, and they were more integrated than most areas mm-hmm. of society. Um, people were, were being themselves. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. We are, we are often subject to other people's insecurities. And I don't mean that in the, in the neurotic sense. I mean it, you know, in the, the panic desperation mm-hmm. sense and it's so unfair. Like I said, you know, I, most people don't want 
to take anything from anybody. They, they should be able to happily live the way they want to live, love who they want to love, be out in the world the way they want to be out in the world. And it shouldn't, it doesn't affect anybody else, but somebody else's psychological issues about their security makes this completely innocent person the scapegoat for yeah. somebody else's problems. Yeah. Um, they make I their problem their problem. And we're, we should say we're starting, I, we're always like, I like to pull in the context of, of our recording. We're recording this in the, in the week after, uh, a insurrection at the U.S. Capitol where, you know, a lot of people played out that scenario, a backlash scenario of, I, I'm not sure that I'll ever understand the reasoning, but it feels familiar. Well, um, yeah, you're not going to understand the reasoning because the reasoning doesn't apply to you. makes no sense. It doesn't apply to me. No, it, it won't make sense. But I understand the backlash uh, reaction. That is familiar. Um, mm-hmm. It you know I say that you know Jim Crow was uh, the backlash to the Reconstruction era in mm-hmm. the U.S., which we should do an episode it's about control. About that. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Control, losing control. It's about control. nobody has control. We we all we're all you know come in with the same amount of control as anybody else, but some people were d- deemed to be in charge and and have the right to be in control, and it's not right. No. And that's like another thing that always just like really like gets or like grates my gears. I want to say something mm-hmm. else. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it's like how like America for if you take it out, like what's happening right now, like remove yourself from it. But say you say America was supposed to be founded on this. Like anyone can come here and make us make their make uh, or have the left they want. If they work hard and like all those other type of stuff that they say, like America stands for when I, it's really not the case when you're really here and you look at what's really happening here, but just like, you know, just saying that just a blanket statement, that's what America is for. And it's like, well, how are you? And like the whole thing with the insurrection, just like all these periods of like, we do all this creative stuff and all this like amazing things. And people are really in tune with themselves and figuring out their life and living on their terms and stuff, which is all great. And then it's you, and then it's like that regress, they just regress automatically and the blame thing happens. And it's like, well, who, why are you or who are you to say that what anyone else is, what uh, what anyone else is doing with their life is bad? As long as they're not hurting, you know, themselves, them, other people or like anything like that. They're just wanting to express themselves and be who they are and who they truly want to be in this world. And it's like, but you have this, you have this, um, you're against that or you're very you're so adamant against it because it's like it's causing you to think outside of like your box but your box is what you want because that's what you feel you're owed by being american but it's like we're all american you know it's not this is not your country this is not your country i think we have to make the distinction i you know because the way you've argued it you know i they i could i could hear them say somebody saying you know well I, this is how I feel and this are my opinions and that, and you know, you're, you're suppressing my thoughts and whatever. But I, I think the distinction is often these people want to, my, my thoughts about being free in the world and, and other people don't, they're, they're not imposing on your life. They're not threatening no. your life. If, if a man, if a woman wants to dress up as a man, man wants to dress up as a woman if a man wants to love 
another man, a woman wants to love another woman. It doesn't do anything to me. I say more power to you, more love in the world. I'm, I want it. If you can be free, I, I want this. It doesn't harm my life. It doesn't threaten my life. It doesn't threaten my existence. But this, I think the distinction is they act like all this stuff is a threat to them. And then they, they work actively through all sorts of means all the way up to physical violence to harm others so that mm-hmm. to or scare so them. literally stop them and scare them or terrorize them and others like them so that, that they can't be. We're, we're letting you be ignorant. <laughs> Sorry. We're letting you think what you want to think. Nobody's stopping you. All this business about cancel, cancel this, cancel that. You could still stand on your front lawn and say that whatever the heck you want to say. Whatever you want to say, nobody's going to stop you. Your free speech is not stopped. So... Um, cancel culture, I just find it all like <laughs> amusing anyway, because yeah. like some of the stuff that people are like saying like, oh, I can't say anything because I'll be, I, I'll be canceled, I'll be canceled, yeah. I'll be ostracized. But I'm like, do you ever really look at, and then I look at the people that are saying this and then yeah. I'm sitting there like, but have you ever really thought about what you're going to say? Like, I don't know what that is like, because in this country, in this world, I've always been made to think about what I'm I had to think about what I was saying and think about the rooms that I'm in, think about my safety. And it's like, you know, you should actually like last year and all that, when that stuff was happening, like that was just one year, you know, of your life. And it should have been, that should have happened a long time ago. Like you're not owed anything because of your, of your, your stature or your status in this country. Like you're not owed that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, I could just free be free and say whatever the heck I want. Like that's not, you know, like there's repercussions for actions. It's like, that's kind of like what, how life works. And it's like, and it's like, that's kind of like the whole thing, like would piss me off because I would be like, well, everyone has, we're all adults for the most part, you know, (laughs) but there's like, you do something. There's all, there's just a lot. There's like, what is it? The, um, I can't think right now, but uh, (laughs) my coffee hasn't kicked in all the way. But it's sort of like you do something, there's automatically going to be a reaction to something that you do. You know, right. it's like there's like the cause and effect. And it's right. and it's like that is like a total like it's not even that complex or complicated, but it's like it kind of just goes over the minds. And that stuff that it's kind of happens like even in this day with Gladys Bentley, too, is sort of like she was just trying to be who she she wanted to be, you know, express herself how she wanted to express herself. And then people were just sort of like, well, that I'm, I'm comfortable with it when it's under my rules and like how I are when you do it when I want you to. But as the moment as you step out of that, then I have a problem with that. So I make that my problem, your problem. And you have to fix it. Yeah, we have this today. They're, they're fine with it when she's performing. But then she, she sort of did, did a publicity stunt. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt, but there was a story about her actually uh, getting married to another woman, mm-hmm. quote unquote married, because it wasn't it definitely wasn't legal back then uh, to a white woman in New Jersey. Um, and I don't know if it was for publicity or if it if it totally actually happened. You know, what do you know? I don't know. So because I was thinking about the same thing. But you know what I was also thinking about? The mm. Jack Johnson thing. Mm, yeah. And. And I was just sort of thinking, like, I don't know if it was something like if it was a publicity stunt, I don't know if she was playing up around because I was trying to figure it out because I know that was like a huge spectacle when that happened with him. You're going to have to elaborate. 
Okay, yes, 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 I was right. Because I saw like a documentary on him. So Jack Johnson was a um, American boxer. He was mm-hmm. black. And he was born in the 1800s, late 1800s. But he was kind of like a, a celebrity or whatever. But he was mm-hmm. kind of like one of those people like people love to hate because of the, he's being black is basically one of them. And he was molly whopping all the white boxers at the mm-hmm. time. But he did this whole thing about like he he was very well out there with like being with white women, yeah, and um like using that as part of like his it was part of like his celebrity and everything like that. So I was like when I read that I was sitting there thinking like well it was it a love thing or was it similar to like another take on like the Jack Johnson thing? Yeah, could be every could be a stretch could be a stretch like I'm not saying that's what it is or anything like that. But it was just something that came to my mind when I did that because I'm like well that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, she was, I think she was totally a celebrity and, you know, of her time and, and she attracted publicity. So who knows, you know, the purpose or or reason of it. Um, But, you know, she, I think she, for a long time, took her, her role very seriously. She performed at the, the top clubs in, um, in Harlem, not just Harlem and Chicago. Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, so the Cotton Club and, and the Ubangi Club and, um, you know, Sansbury's Clam House. And, Which I love uh, that name. Yeah, it's true. I love it. <laughs> oh, what the... do you think of it? <laughs> I love but it. Top club in, in during the Harlem, Harlem Renaissance. Um, so she she was, that was it. But, you know, like we, we've hinted at, it, it kind of screeched uh, to a stop. And I think, you know, it co- coincided uh, with this, with the Great Depression and and transgender, uh, gay and lesbian people became targets and scapegoats for the Depression. And, and it was, you know, this we're suffering, you know, like these crazy people on, you know, certain channels saying that, you know, the storm mm. came, the hurricane came because because of homosexuality, that kind of nonsense. Um, and so their, yeah. their livelihoods dried up, dried up. Um, you know, the end of prohibition happened. So speakeasy wasn't as profitable anymore. Um, and she took some, what I think are some sad uh, measures. Yeah, yeah she, sad. She, she used to go around, what, you know, if we haven't described it, the iconic image of, of Gladys Bentley is in a white top hat and full white tuxedo. That was her mm-hmm. look when she performed. And um, she started to wear skirts and dresses. She had to be told that yep. she had, if she was to perform, she was a talented performer in her own right with the piano and the singing. She had one of these gravelly mm-hmm. great voices. Um, but, she was told if she wanted to work, she had to be on stage as a woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Avon said like she was even taken, like she even was claimed or um, I guess it's assumed that she said was that she was taking like hormones. Well, yeah. So, so it could kind of make her come across or like help her to like, I guess sink back into like her, the, her feminine side or, you know, whatever um, the BS that, you know, she was made to feel about herself. And I just think this stuff is like another, as someone who's part of the community, like it's like one of those things that really just like 
like grates my gears nicely, but because it's like you basically someone who's good at yeah. what they do. Like they have found what they want to give to the world, their gift to the world, and they're excelling at it. And just because it makes you uncomfortable, you have you make you make them feel like they there's something wrong right. with them. And that they that they're and that's like I feel like that's like such it's so such BS because it's like as human beings, like as in nature, like we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we can be ourselves and be accepted and be loved. And it's like, I feel like when you start doing that to somebody and you take that away from them, it's like, that's probably one of the most tragic and harmful things that you can do to somebody. The fact that she was like, I'm, this is me. This is how I show up authentically as myself. And then made to feel like, no, you need, you can't do what you love to do unless you have on a dress or a skirt. And, you know, you have to be my idea of what a woman yeah, is. But it, but like you said, so again, you have your separate opinion, but this, this stopped her ability to make a living. It, again, it mm-hmm. harmed her per, probably definitely mentally, I would, I would guess, but it also threatened her, her security in the world. It said at the height of her fame, she was living on Park Avenue in New York City. And she had a team of servants and she was paying $300 a month. And that's over $5,000 in today's money. And she was driving a luxury car. Would I don't know what that car would have been in her time. And then she was down to yeah. nothing. And so basically, which a lot of people will understand, she was told to uh, su- suppress her very being in order to be able to eat um, mm-hmm. and, and make a living. Um, and so she took it, in my opinion, in a very sad way. It, it almost felt like conversion therapy and, and it's not, oh, yeah. yeah, it's not like, um, I, I don't know if there's proof that she actually took hormones, but she, she wrote an article that is cited over and over in anything that's written about her, um, that, that basically talks about the fact that she was cured. She said she was cured of what she used to do, um, because of these hormones. Um, and she married a man, she went to, to become a a minister. Um, and it, it's sad to me. It's very sad, but it's also, I roll my eyes and I'm just like shaking my head because that her story is one of many, you know, that's not something like it's horrible to hear, but there's so many people that that is what happened to them, you know? And it's, it's just like, the whole thing when, you know, feeling like you have to regress into who you really want to be. And then you have to adopt like this look and look for the world that's acceptable. You have to marry a man because that's what you're supposed to do. And then fall, fall in love, back in love with the church because, you know, God is your husband. It's like, it's, I'm, and I'm saying this a lot of like, it's coming out this way because of just my own stuff. (laughs) I know, but it's, but it's also just like, I just get so, it's like, it's it heartbreaking. Is. It's like, it's heartbreaking. But that, that, you know, uh, move towards the church where she, you know, started to become a minister, you know, at that time, homosexuality was considered sinful and a, and a deviant behavior. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's messed up. And, and I, I looked up that article. It's, it was called, I am a woman again. And, and I get, mm-hmm. you know, if you put it in a publication, you know, for anybody who's not familiar, Ebony Magazine is a, a um, glossy magazine um, that featured 
uh, African-American life. It still does to today. Uh, I was going to ask if it's still around. Good question. I, I think it is. Um, I think it's still around, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's a well-known glossy uh, magazine. And uh, mm-hmm. so that she put this article in, I am a woman again. And, and probably I, one thing I'm finding over and over again, too, about a lot of people that we um, feature, she died young. That that number, mm-hmm. 52, 53, keeps coming up over yeah. and over and over again. And 1960, she died of pneumonia at, 50, yeah. at 52 years old. What were you going to say? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, it's probably, like, the harsh climate of that time. And plus, I would say, like, she was depressed. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, and all that stuff was, like, probably suppressing. I mean, I don't, I can only speculate, guys. But, and gals, <laughs> and everyone, everyone, people, human be- human beings. Um, I can only speculate because um, I wasn't there. But it's, like, stuff like that. If you, I feel like that stuff impacts, like, when you feel like you really can't be yourself and she was probably so deep in it and that self-denial and that self-hatred, I I would say like that probably helped with like, that suppresses your immune system. It's stress. It it's like chronic wanna, stress. Like, get up and fight thing. Stress. And like, and that's like shows like if you don't, and plus if she wasn't making money or like maybe she couldn't go to the hospital and medical care, it could have been a whole of all these things that kind of fell into her not getting the proper care that she wanted, or even if she wanted right, the care, right? you know? But, I mean, don't you find it striking which that so other, many of our subjects sad. have died, like didn't make it to 55 years old? I mean, that, I all know. these yeah. hardworking, you know, mostly women, uh, a lot of identity crisis going on. Yep. Uh, I'm sure chronic stress suppresses your immune system. Um, you know, creates all sorts of comorbidities like high blood pressure and the whole, the ways mm-hmm. people cope. Um, and we know the whole, there's all sorts of lists. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I, it keeps coming up. I'm like, Oh crap. You know, another woman, another person who, who's gone so young, way too young, too young. Mm-hmm. Um, very, so I, I feel sad about Gladys because it sounded like in, at the peak, she brought a lot of joy to people. Probably made a lot of people feel good about who they were, and and she was able to yeah. just present her gifts, uh, you know, her musical gifts, and and the way she interacted with the audience, and probably brought a lot of money to those clubs too that she was headlining. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, especially with those dirty, those dirty songs. <laughs> I mean, as an adult, sometimes that stuff brings yeah, me joy. Yeah, 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 I mean, I'm not going to even So say, where are you finding but, are you, you know, Are you listening to her songs or you said you're ta- getting into the music of the era, so. Yeah, there's like that era. There's like some, a couple of websites and stuff like that. That is go and I yeah. just listen to them because I guess they just uploaded. They're just like archives, like yeah, library yeah, archives yeah, yeah. type things. Um, and that's all that I have. I don't like have records or anything yeah. like that. I just like hunt around and see what I can find between YouTube and like various yeah. other websites. I, there's some stuff on Spotify, but yeah, there's not yeah, that yeah. much. So. I'm sure it's a, it's niche for the moment, but I, it's a, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, it's, you know, I'm not sure how much, how much is done, uh, at the, at the moment like that. Um, maybe it is a genre. I'm, this shows you where I am but I think a lot of people benefited I think a lot a lot of ed, um, 
performers now have benefited from her legacy. We are going to have to start having some people on. I, cause I, that's the one question I always think of anybody that I can think of that I think probably benefited from somebody's legacy. I want to ask them, did they know about this person? I I'm, I'm thinking about, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, RuPaul, did, I, I would, I'm guessing maybe, uh, he mm. would know about Gladys Bentley. Um, you know, Billy Porter, does he know about Gladys Bentley? I would say he would have, I would say Billy Porter over RuPaul, but I would say RuPaul's older. So maybe. Yeah. I just wonder, I know. I, you know, there's a lot of people now that seem to go in and out. You know, you've got the, I don't know if you know that English comedian, Eddie Izzard. Uh, yeah, I do know Eddie Izzard. I got exposed to yeah, him in well, college. Yeah, well, it's she. You is. got exposed to her in college because now. Oh, yeah, yes, she. Um, but I think, you know, I wonder about um, anybody who, um, if if they know about her, uh, about Gladys. Is he like, so it's like he goes by, oh, she. she. Yeah, just in the last month. Oh, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, that's why. I did not know. Um, she's top of mind because she finally said that is her pronoun. And she, she said she knew since the t- since she was four years old. And, wow. and okay, good for know, her. Went through this her whole life. And finally, that, that was the news. I read a lot of uh, British uh, uh, news. And, and that was in the news in the last month about um, her saying that that's my pronoun. Um, yeah, well, good for her. So, um, I, and I put Sam Smith on there. Speaking of, uh, is and yeah. Harry Styles, and Harry has, Styles too. There's a lot of British. British there's a lot of the but British. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the freedom to be. They they have profiles. I I I can't stress how important I think it is for that visibility. You know, it what it mean can mean to somebody uh, to have some some somebody who's high profile that um, somebody can identify with. And and we know there aren't enough. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. There are way, Definitely there not. Are way too few um, people that, um, that, you know, you could say are, have that kind of visibility. So, um, but I think it's important um, to understand you're not alone and to understand that, yes, it's okay. It's just fine. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I, that's why I thought I'd mention them. But can you think of any uh, drag king women? I don't know. I, I mean, would you? Lena Waithe is you, not a drag king. She's Lena, just. I wouldn't say she's not a drag queen. I mean, she's the queen. She's not a drag no, king. She's, but she's very masculine yeah, presenting. Yeah. She doesn't refer um, to herself that way. So. No, but it's. It's like one of those. It's also very it private. It absolutely thing. is. You know, yeah. it's like it's like one of those things that's hard because it's like, oh, I can name people, but I'm like, well, I don't know entirely if that's how they right, would see right, themselves. Right. You know, because then it's like it's me Projecting, bestowing yes. the label that I yeah. think, and we don't do is labels. What you should no. call yourself. She's Lena Waithe, a great writer, no. producer, <laughs> an actor. Yeah, I yeah, love Lena exactly. Waithe. An act like I love her. She was like the only reason why I liked was it Math yeah, exactly. or whatever it is yeah. with. She and was the, the only best, reason why I liked best it. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving, yeah. She's the only reason why I liked it. Otherwise, I was like, I know, I'm over yeah, it. it I'm not yeah. into it. But um, no, it's good. And yeah, that's that. We don't do we do descriptors. We don't do labels. So yes, describing is fine. We don't say like that's are. what you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not putting no, you in the box. We're no. not doing that here. Yeah, you know, I looked up to see if there was any um, 
you know, legacy things for, for Gladys Bentley. And I'm, I'm sad to say, I, you know, I really didn't find much. Um, did you? Not really. And it's like, I will say like in certain aspects of like in Atlanta and stuff like that, they would have drag king balls and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah, in my youth. Yeah. <laughs> You're still young. Um, and they, <laughs> I'm talking about when I was yeah, yeah. just wild, <laughs> young and wild, wild in the streets, yeah. Sherry. <laughs> was wild in those yeah. Atlanta streets. Um, so, and they would do like awards yeah. for oh, her and yeah. stuff like that. Like during those types of things. So that was always nice. Like an homage and yeah, stuff to like yeah, her. Yeah. Um, for like the black, drag king shows and stuff that okay. I would go to. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's still going on. Well, not with COVID, but maybe that tradition. Yeah, not yeah. so much with yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it's sad. I, I, I think uh, she's worth investigating because uh, in her heyday, she, she was definitely somebody to look up to. Um, and I think mm-hmm. she tried. I think just insecurity you know, the insecurity of rent and roof over your head, food in your belly may have, you know, been the doom, which is unfair yeah, but it's, and sad. I also think it's, it is very sad. And I also think it's just like, it's one of those things where you're made to feel like such an integral part of you is, is mm. jacked up or, yeah. you know, that's like, it's, that's hard to come back from that. Like, you know, and it's like, especially if she didn't really feel like she had support at that time. It's different. Like, I would say if she had someone that was like, yeah, I told like Gladys, you are who you are. I love you. And like, I, like a lot of people, I think when you don't have yeah. that and it's just you and you have to figure out how to make your way in the world, you don't have anyone else. I mean, that kind of stuff, like really, oh, yeah. like, gets well, to I mean, you, we didn't mention you know? that she, I, again, this is not confirmed that they, that in that same article, she said she married a man. And, you know, if she wasn't mm-hmm. into it, that's not going to be a happy marriage. That's not a setup. Like you said, that's not support. It's not true support. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's basically, you know, a cover up. Um, and, yeah. Well, it's common yeah. at oh, the time yeah. though for, the, for that to happen. <laughs> okay. I mean, common and still probably oh, to yeah. this day. I was reading about Leonard Bernstein oh. the other day and that yeah. was his, yeah, his yeah. thing. It's, um, yeah, it, it's sad. And, and, and it obviously is destructive to have such a short life, some aspect of it very destructive and and the whole idea of saying mm-hmm. you're cured means that you had an illness that's what you and that's wrong. i know that there's something yeah, was wrong with you just wrong. that's like i i hate that like i watch things about like the conversion that's therapy wrong. and stuff like that uh, and i've talked i've read articles about people that went through it and it's just like that's just like one of the most it's damaging so things wrong. you could do to a person it's so wrong uh, to break them down yeah, like that yeah um so I, I think that's what what happened to her. Um, so, uh, you know, pneumonia took her at 52. And um, and then she faded into the background, as we said, not not being one of those icons that we remember from that that time period. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we've brought her back a little bit. Uh, you definitely should look up her image if you haven't seen our image from uh, from our missing figures you know, Instagram and everything, she, it'll, it'll stick with you. Um, yeah, stick definitely. with the joy. Um, you know, I think she probably brought a lot of joy. Yeah. Stick yeah. with how she looks in yes. that photograph. Stick with, 
stick with her yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't see any photographs of her uh, dressed as a woman, actually, after. I don't think I don't think so either. But, I mean, she probably didn't right, want to be right. filmed or, like, have <laughs> right. her picture taken, you know? But I would say, like, look at the her energy in those photos that you do find of her from performing, because that's, I think, where her true essence probably Absolutely. is. 100%. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for joining us on this little little dive into uh another missing figure gladys bentley hopefully you'll explore uh anything about her and she might inspire you to just be who you want to be now and forever <laughs> yes forever stay true to yourself <laughs> stay true to yourself our my friends or our friends and if this episode resonated please share it out with your networks please leave us a review um, we always love that type of thing. And if you ever have your own missing figure that you would like for us to carry, uh, for us to um, cover on the show, always reach out to us, DM us, um, post on Instagram, and we will look into it. Until next time. Until talk next soon. Time. Bye. Bye.